Welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kuhn, joined as always by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn. Is this the point when we start complaining about Baker Mayfield, or do we celebrate three and one? Uh, we'll do both. We'll do both. Mm-hmm. Um, and my middle brother, Matthew Kuhn. No, I think this is the point where we're scouting our next opponent here on Monday Night Football. That's true. We are recording as Monday Night Football is playing in the background. Um, we'll do our best to stay focused. Um, all right, so we are three and one. I say we celebrate first. Uh, we are in a good position. Let's not get too cynical. I know we're used to just complaining and beating that drum over and over and over again, but we're three and one. There's only one team in the NFL with a better record than the Browns, and that's the Arizona Cardinals. Which, lol, nobody would have. Which is really who we play that, in two weeks. It is who we play in two weeks. So we'll 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 see about that. But three, we're three and one, folks. We're three and one. There, there's a lot that we can talk about. We can nitpick. We can critique. Rightly so, in a lot of cases. But at the end of the day, this team is three and one. And honestly, there's a so whole much. lot more to celebrate than there is to like complain about. Absolutely, <laughs> whole lot more. We just can't handle like success, like ugly success. Like, yeah, we want it to be perfect. I guess no one steamrolls through an NFL season. Like no, it doesn't. Not at all. It doesn't happen at all. Like. How many of those Patriots Super Bowl seasons did they like lose like ridiculous awful games like throughout the season like and then pull it together and it just ha- it happens all the time it, it's never gonna always look exactly how you want it to look on Sunday well and we've already seen this year with teams like the Bills and the Ravens both lost bad games in Week One yeah right and the Bills just beat the Texans forty to nothing <laughs> I'm waiting for that. Is I'm waiting good? for that game. That's going to be fun. The time, the the week that we put together this defensive performance, it'll be against the Steelers. I hope it is. <laughs> oh, it might be. It really might be. Ooh. Um, this defensive performance and an offensive performance, like I know we're capable of, that will be delicious. I want my. Oh man, it'd be so fun if Miles Garrett had the like a four or five sack game against Ben Roethlisberger. Like it wouldn't. It would be so fun. Well, I think I think you guys are saying I don't know if we said it on the podcast. What if they, what if they hurt? What if they literally broke him and then he got to break? Um, what's his face after that? Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph after that, like he broke Ben Roethlisberger on the way to being able to sack no, Mason like, Rudolph. Like a four sack game would be perfect. Two sacks on Big Ben. Two sacks out of the game, on Rudolph. Two sacks on Rudolph. Well, I think it was maybe we were watching the game and one of you guys were like, "I just hope that Big Ben is still playing." at the point in the season that we play the Steelers. Yeah. And it's true. Yeah, four at this weeks. Rate. Four weeks we play the Steelers. I I will be so disappointed. I mean not if that Ben I'm, is not the quarterback. I mean not that I'm like scared of Mason Rudolph or anything or that it's gonna be a tremendous No, it's just step not gonna up. be as much fun. I just want to attack Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, but also at the same time we were watching the Steelers game and I regret to inform all of our listeners that I, I actually feel kind of bad for the guy. Like <laughs> He's mm. he, he he's so mm. bad, and I don't see that fat face as punchable anymore. I see his fat face as like, kind of just like a sad fat face. You know who I feel bad for? Joe Schobert. Mm. Spent years for in, sure. spent years in Cleveland. Got Went the to Jacksonville. <laughs> got the crap beat out of him by the Steelers. Went to Jacksonville on his own accord for a big fat free agent deal. So good for Joe. Didn't win games there. Got traded to the Steelers. Should have been like the moment he was waiting for in his career, and that team sucks. 
It's a Joe problem. <laughs> he is the problem. Um, all right, so let's let's talk about this game. We uh, just beat the Minnesota Vikings yesterday. It's fourteen to seven. Um, another really good defensive performance um, after we absolutely slaughtered Justin Fields the prior week, and we didn't get to record a podcast. We're sorry about that. Um, but this is two straight weeks where we've held teams to seven points or under, and that is worth is, note is, is that in good? the modern NFL. Is that good? <laughs> yes. I mean, it's it's unheard of. It's unheard of in 2021. So um, I think it's the first. I saw somebody tweet that it's the first time that the Browns have done that since 1995. Yep. Which I mean is really it's the last it's time a, the Browns were good. But also <laughs> like also a commentary on what football was like in 1995. Yeah. And like that's just not something that happens. Um, and so my question for you guys is, what is the single biggest factor for the reason why that's happening? What what portion of our defense? is the reason why we're, we're being able to uh, have these kind of defensive performances. What, um, which unit? I, oh, I think it's speed all the way around. That's what I was going to say, because I don't think it's one unit. I think it's just speed. We're, I, we're able to play so fast on defense. Yeah, I think that the defensive line isn't we're healthy at the moment, right? I mean, the only notable in, I mean, we I guess we have injuries at linebacker and Newsom was out this week. So we have some injuries. I shouldn't say that we're entirely healthy across the board, but we're relatively healthy across the board. I don't think that our defensive line is that much better than we've had the last couple of seasons from a talent perspective. They are from a producing perspective. We're number one in pass rush win rate in the entire NFL, and it's not even really close. But when you add layer in JOK and the speed we have in the secondary now, we're like being we're able to play at like a much different level than we've been able to in the past. And so we don't have to rely on the front four to like make every play. And, and I think we've it got, helps we're the front a threat four. everywhere. Yeah, because yeah. we're playing – this year we're playing so much more aggressive. We're, we're not dropping into soft zones trying to protect. Like, we don't have Sendejo staying, like, way back. You know? And so with that speed, <laughs> we're able to play prayer. more aggressive. It makes it difficult on quarterbacks and gives us time on our defensive line to get home. Um, also, Malik McDowell is a problem. Teams. Malik McDowell's like, a problem. Like Malik dude Jackson is, dude is, is playing is a super monster. Well. I I I would I think that our defensive line is significantly better than defensive lines we've had in the past. Yes. I think Jadavion Clowney is a ginormous upgrade from Olivier Vernon, um, especially on rush defense. Um, and he's winning in pass rushes like he hasn't in the past couple years. And I think him being fully, fully healthy is a different Jadavion Clowney. Clowney has looked great. Clowney was so good this last week. And yeah. like if you look at his box score, it like he ends up with like two tackles and like one sack and quarterback rush or something. He's causing so many problems. He's causing havoc on every he's in the backfield all the time and he's making run stops all the time. And they're he's meeting Miles Garrett. Uh, sometimes to to his detriment, where, Miles where, punched him. Yeah, punched oh, him, punched him in the hip. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen anything about that? No, he, I think he, he's fine. He I got mean, back he, on the field. Came it's... back in. I I, I kind of think it might have just hit him on like the hip bone. You know, like like just right there, like a that's like. Is that what a I've hip got a lot pointer? of cushion around? That is that hip what bone a hip pointer is? I don't know if that would be a problem. I think that's a hip pointer is like a very extreme version of that. Gotcha. Where it's like a like a. 
bone bruise right, right there, there on, on your, your on your hip bone. or something. Um, get, but Clowney's been every, everything that you hoped Clowney would be a version of him that you probably haven't seen since Seattle um, was not this in player. spurts. In spurts, was not this player with the Titans last year. Didn't play very much to be honest. Uh, but he's he's been awesome, and it's so much fun when we line him and Malik Jackson and uh, McKinley on the outside. I love how wide McKinley gets, and he just lines up perpendicular to the line of scrimmage and gets a running start at the right tackle as he comes uh, off the pass rush. I mean, to me, the biggest difference in the defense, the reason I say speed, is because like the like watching our guys close at the second level, whether it's JOK or Grant Delpit or Ronnie Harrison when he's been able to be on the field. Like, when other teams, like, even, like, understand that we're bringing pressure, we're still able to get out into the flat on, like, a a well-called screen and close and bottle it up. Like, it's happening over and over and over again. Well, and the the difference is we have JOK, Grant Delpit, and John Johnson instead of Andrew Sandejo, Carl Joseph, and B.J. Goodson. There's a little more speed there. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, those guys are flying around. Yep. And it makes a huge difference. Yeah, it's an absolute blast. Uh, All right. Here, here's a, a little tidbit for you. Um, Malik Jackson, um, or no, sorry, um, Tack McKinley has a higher pressure rate than TJ Watt per, per pass rush right now. Well, he gets out there and he can just... Rush to pass. And they've been doing these like interesting fronts. Have you noticed that? We been lining Dad, everybody Dad's up commented on the right. a bunch about how there's like a big gap, and so it does look like that whenever they line up, where they line three guys up on one side and they leave one guy isolated. Typically, that one isolated guy is Tack McKinley, and he literally gets a one on one. I mean, he's like lined up super wide, and they'll normally bring a linebacker or somebody up into that gap to make it look like you know they're gonna like rush from there. But Tack gets a completely unabated because they have to pay so much attention to Miles and Jadavian Clowney well, and the a, talent on the other side. It's really interesting. You force them into a decision. Do you do you slide all of your help away from that one on one and really leave Tack with some space to yeah. operate? Right, like he's not. He's not in a one-on-one, but if he gets inside, a guard's there to help. Like, he's on a true one-on-one. Or do you keep a guard over there, and now you have one-on-ones on with the, all three on the left side of the line with Garrett Clowney and whoever else you have over there? And yeah. I'd, I would leave Tack one-on-one every single time, but it's hard, it's hard to defend. And we're doing all sorts of interesting stuff. Like, Joe Woods, we were doing, like, a, uh, had six guys on the line of scrimmage. Like we would have our, our right out the gate, yeah. Have our four down linemen, and then we would our outside linebackers would kind of come up and stand outside of our defensive ends on the line of scrimmage. Yep. Um, kind of stop the run, but also just give a different look and put pressure. Like we're mugging linebackers and even safeties up, like in in the gaps and like when, at the line of scrimmage. And when we're blitzing safeties, we're getting home. Yeah. which has been really, really fun. And linebackers, when we're, like, picking our blitz spots. And the, some of the delayed blitzes have been yeah. really, really fun. John Johnson had a, John a, Johnson a had good one. hit. Um, JOK had one last week for sure. What um, was it? Uh, Ward got home, got a really good back shot on Kirk Cousins early in the game. Yep. Yeah, and he – on that first drive, Kirk Cousins ran right down the field, operated the offense exactly to his liking, and we they just went right down the field. 
And then we started hitting him a bunch. And the rest of the game, he had like five completions. We struggled to get pressure on him. In that first drive. In that first drive. Yeah. Um, But then after that, once we hit him a couple times, he was just completely thrown off. And we just kind of had our way throughout the rest of the game. They couldn't do anything. Um, It was a blast. Uh, Ronnie Harrison went out in this game with a possible concussion but it came out today that he does not have a concussion oh, me, and, me and matthew made the comment <laughs> what what did he have um, is, is he okay yeah how do you how do you think he has a concussion like day of but then you wake up the next day and you're like yeah no that's not what that was i mean no. that's probably a good sign for like nfl protocols that they're like playing it safe and not like rolling a guy out there super quick uh, but it's a little disappointing but still. our defense could have been even better yesterday gosh darn it mm-hmm no, I guess I'm just more confused on, like, he was clearly showing some symptoms that made you think he had a concussion yesterday. Like, just because he doesn't wake up with a headache today. Like, what? I guess I don't what, know what, what the happened? tests are. What are the <laughs> markers of a concussion? Like, well, I have it's, no idea. It's, it's dilated pupils is one of them, which is pretty easy to tell. And then the other one is literally, like, cognition, like how fast you can think. And so you do, like, math tests and stuff like that to see if someone has a concussion. Yeah. Maybe he's just bad at maybe math. Just maybe over. he's just... <laughs> Not the sharpest tack of the box. <laughs> yeah. They, it's they possible. Do, they do baseline tests for everybody, though, <laughs> at the beginning. So maybe he's having a good day at the beginning of the year. It, uh, all yeah. jokes aside, I'm glad that Ronnie Harrison's fine and will be back. I mean, even if he had a concussion, he could potentially be back for, the, for next week's game. But uh, he'll be able to practice this week and we'll be back yeah. for that game. Because I think our defense can be even better when we have multiple options. Uh, Grant Delpit played just about every single snap on defense and was freaking good. Yeah, Michael, do you did you pull up the PFF grades? Um, do you have them on on defense? I have some of the like top performers. Um, yeah, Delpit check, did look really check really your good. Text messages, you should be able to find um, it. You got send it to me. Yeah. What are you looking for? Grant Delpit. What what was his grade? He was a seventy four. It was really seventy four. Which seventy four? Which was the number seven on our defense? Yeah, That'll our, do. <laughs> I mean, the whole defense across the board was just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it was. Miles Garrett had, well, I mean, we all saw. We all saw what Miles Garrett did, especially in those first couple plays on that last drive. What was your favorite play from Miles Garrett? My, my favorite play by far was, I was telling Matthew earlier, was the first play in the last drive when he was one on one with the left tackle and he picked him up off the ground, threw him to the ground. Um, and only after stepped over him, stepped and, over him, and then leaned in to Kirk Cousins and put a hurting on him. You could see Kirk Cousins' face. They zoom in afterwards, and it's just like, oh, yeah. it's brutal. That's the play that I like the most too. But he got his sack. Did you see the re- any of the replays on his sack? He Miles it was had, a half sack. Oh well, half Wasn't sack. It? He shared, he shared it, with it with Denzel. Denzel I, think. I think. Um, we're of the same mind, Matthew. We just yeah. had the exact same phrasing there. Um, he was double teamed. And the and the running back came over to help, so he was double teamed. He split the double team and just pushed the running back out of the way, and then got the sack. Like literally, there were three guys dedicated to Miles Garrett, and he still got the sack. It was absolutely insane. So much. Imagine fun. being a running back, and your job is to 
come in and chip Miles Garrett like every single play. But and you also just watched the biggest people on your team fail. Yeah. To do to, <laughs> like you just saw the people that you look up to well, the most as far as pass blocking yeah. is concerned. Well, and even <laughs> and even worse than that, like you remember the the play where Tyler Conklin got called for a hold against Miles Garrett, and Conklin was supposed to block Miles Garrett one on one. Quite he the had ask. no shot. Quite the ask. Um, oh, I'm just so glad to see him in full form. It has been so much fun. How about the sleeves? The lack of sleeves. <laughs> what is showing? Would you ever wear sleeves if you were Miles Garrett? Like, why would you wear the sleeves? I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't want to scuff those arms. Are beautiful. I, mean, I wouldn't want to. Like, some ugly like shoulder, up. like back of the tricep pair. I wouldn't want to. I would want to wear sleeves if I was playing football. But yeah. if I'm Miles Garrett. That's like a Port Augustine problem. That's not a Miles <laughs> Garrett problem. Well, and that's what was so odd to me is that it's in a dome. It's on turf, and like he just randomly chipped. It feels like when you would wear sleeves, like not for warmth, avoid but the, for like the, the, the burn. The yeah. burn. But maybe he didn't care. Um, I also think maybe this is a hot take. I feel like because he's not tatted up, like he looks more jacked. Mm. Good point. Yeah, like yeah, I don't I know. Maybe fair. maybe like see the definition. Even, I haven't more, even thought about the fact that he like, doesn't have a bunch of tattoos. That's true. Yeah, I've never Just even really noticed. Freaking massive! You, you know what I did notice about on the tattoo front is OBJ has so many tattoos, yeah. and you can see like a little sliver on his legs oh, yeah. where his socks don't reach no, and his pants don't no, reach. He's got full sleeves and, on both of his legs, and there's just you see all the tattoos on his like lower thigh, and you're like, man, like every inch of your body is covered in tattoos. Yeah. Like, that's wild. No, he's got a lot of portraits, like, on his legs. Yeah, that's dope. I mean, I'm all, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But it's just it's surprising. I noticed it yesterday. Um, so, actually, our number two graded defender on PFF, who do you think it was? Um, I'm looking at it. Greedy Williams. It was. It was. He played well. Yeah. No, he absolutely did. Um, and that uh, we had an interception. Hasn't had an interception since 2018 um, whenever he was playing – at LSU. I got to tell you, I was feeling a little antsy, like even heading into this game, but through the first half too. Our defense has been playing well, like throughout the year. Like I don't feel bad about how we played. At any, I mean, obviously last week was killer. This week was good. But we hadn't been forcing turnovers. It feels like with all the pressure that we have been able to generate, that we should be turning that into some turnovers here and there, whether it's a strip sack or, you know, a hurried throw that turns into an interception, something. And – it was kind of bugging me that we haven't even – it's not even like we've just missed some. They just haven't happened. We have just gotten kind of like unlucky bounces. Like we've had deflections that have gone up in the air and fall directly in between Yeah, our and zones. so it was nice to see that interception like happen at a very timely point in the game, I will add. Yeah, it was like seven minutes to go in the fourth. I mean, it was getting to desperation time. I mean, I think the Vikings clearly wanted to take a deep shot, and Greedy said – not on my watch. Please and thank you. Um, yeah, it's great to have Greedy be able to step in and play a full game and be ample and have I mean, that depth in the cornerback. I mean, rank. at corner, too, is so much a like position about confidence, too. Like, for him to come in and play super well when he was given the platform in a game like this and asked to start and needed and we needed him to play well, um, I just love that we have that baseline now to, like, build off of. I don't know if this is true or not, but my read on Greedy Williams is he's like a fragile emotional person. <laughs> I mean, like, I want Greedy Williams to be feeling really good. 
Um, I don't feel like it. Am I crazy for thinking that? I, I just I, I just don't know where it's coming from. I, I don't I don't have any data points. I mean, do you think that Greedy Williams is the type of like corner that's like no matter what's going on, if he has a bad play, that he's gonna get up the next play and just like wipe that one off. I feel like he's the guy that like that sort of thing lingers a little little more than you'd hope. Maybe, but I also think that Greedy just hasn't had success in the NFL yet. And like this was the first game where it's like, all right, you can play at this level. Like you belong. Like he played his whole rookie mm-hmm. year, but he wasn't great. So like I think he probably needs that kind of confidence boost. And going forward, it could be. A huge thing, whether that's a fragile emotional state or just kind of <laughs> called out, need, need a little momentum. I'm not sure. I hope I say uh, greedy, that I, I hope say, greedy listens to the podcast. He hears Michael say that, and because of his fragile emotional state, he tweets at Michael a bunch. Do you know where I wondered? I, I because for, you, you would just feel for that, the, you would just feel for that the, way. Just oh, for the free that would be, pub. You would be a mess. I would be awful. Yeah. I'd be I just like wilt under pressure. <laughs> Like it's we there's know. there's lots of evidence to <laughs> prove this. Um I I don't know. Maybe it's the vibe. I did shake Greedy Williams' hand once. Do you remember this? Um during the draft, he came to like a draft party whenever cuz the uh, draft was in Nashville and he was at like a draft party thing that was at a restaurant that I was at and he was dry, it was on the first night of the draft after the draft. So he was supposed to go, remember, like in the first yeah. round, and he didn't get picked in the first round. So he went out. So he drinking. was there and he was kind of just like sitting there with like his brother and like some different people. He was a little down on things. And I like I remember shaking his hand or like meeting him or whatever the case might be, and he just didn't ha- have it was maybe the vibes that I got from that particular evening. Well, yeah, that he I'm, was sad. That was yeah, the most was disappointing like, <laughs> night of his life, Michael. He'd been building his entire life up to that very I, moment. I'm just piecing it together. I'm like, where did I get this like idea after your comments? And I think that's probably where yeah, I got. You do have yeah, you yeah. do have one more data point than I have. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Um, okay. And so uh, JOK. Let's talk about JOK. He played a ton more snaps this week than he did last week. 35 snaps, so a little over half of our defensive snaps. Didn't, Second most for a linebacker. Didn't have the Behind same... Behind Smith? Yeah. Didn't have the same production uh, as far as PFF grade that he had last week, but still really good. He was our fifth best at 75.8. He was still really good. I mean, you saw some of those plays where he shot, shot in there on a... Was that a... I think it was a run play to Dalvin Cook, kind of a, a, a draw or a sweep, and made a tackle for loss on third down. Um, he was really, really good. And he's so good and so quick at dodging potential blockers, um, even in traffic and in space, um, that he's able to make some plays. The, the part that he still struggles with a little bit is he has no way of fighting through traffic. Like, mm. if – He's he's just not big enough. He's not. I don't know he's if he's. For it. I don't and know I, if he's ever gonna. Well, be I able don't. To, I don't think he'll ever be able to do it. Yeah. Um, that's just not his game. And so that's there were there were a couple runs to the outside, um, especially early in the game that where Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison kind of on that first drive mm-hmm. were able to kind of kind of get the edge, and it was largely because the linebackers got caught up in in traffic. And, and I was surprised that JOK's grade wasn't better.
better than it was. Not that he had a bad grade on PFF this week, but he had a killer grade last week, and it was more limited snaps last week than he had this week. But he was like the seventh graded um, defender or something. He didn't make some of the impact plays this week that he did last week. The sacks, the pass breakups. Yeah, the PFF he, does that kind of inflates things a he little was, bit. He was kind of just solid all around. But uh, his tackling grade was pretty middling. Like when you look at the specifics, his tackling was the part that was kind of dragging things down. It was like a 52. Um, and I guess I don't know what that was because I felt like when probably he probably missed some tackles in kind of just in the middle of the field on run plays. Yeah. And I think that's probably to your point. I think that's kind of always going to be JOK's struggle when he's engaged and somebody gets their hands on him. Like he's not big enough to really like separate. He needs to have some space and be given a chance to like go and make the play and get like around a guy. And if he has, I think JOK will always be a player that the defensive coordinator needs to like set up for success. Um, a little bit. Like I don't think you can just place he, him in the middle. He, he can be very, very successful. Right. You want to absolutely, do that, but absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I don't think you can just like have him like line up there and like he's not going to be able to do every single thing on the yeah. field. But I don't he, think. he's also extremely good at getting around blockers and yeah. setting the blockers in the play, like like Nick Chubb does, that's where he how, sets up his. That's blockers. how he wins. Yeah, yeah. Like he's he's fantastic at it, and you can watch him do it. Um, but once they get their hands on him. And it's refreshing how decisive he is. Good gracious. Oh. Like, when he sees it, he like goes. And he's shot out of a freaking cannon. And there's nothing that drives me more crazy. He's so much faster than all the other linebackers. Yeah, there's nothing that drives me more crazy than when like a defender like is facing like a player in the open field and they just like chop their feet and don't know what to do. Well, you, like, JOK is the complete opposite. He's just that. like a freaking laser to the ball. You see that on like open field tackles. Like a, a quick screen to the wide receiver and the corner comes up and he stops. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, you lost. Yeah. <laughs> like you got to fire. And to have a, a linebacker that can get to a wide receiver screen like before the first down, like that's how fast he is. Yeah. Um, and an underrated part of his game is he's playing special teams for us, and he is causing – He's going to block a, a punt. He's going to block a punt. He's going to block a punt before At some point over. this year because um, he's causing problems. Well, and it's that combination of he's used to being physical, so he's he's fine like trying to take on that, that protector, that blocker, um, but he's so fast. Like a light. I mean, not not every team has a guy who's 220 pounds, built like that, and can run. Run straight line. Um, okay, so I, I feel like, is there anybody else you want to mention on defense, want to talk about? Um, did we talk about Denzel Ward? I, I thought Denzel Ward had a great game. Um, he was shadowing Justin Jefferson. Some of the long passes that Justin Jefferson got were just incredible um, throws and catches. Um, but also Denzel learned. Like, you could see throughout the, the game. Uh, pass breakup he had really late in the fourth quarter was on the exact same route that Justin Jefferson ran that, that they got him on, um, on a really good play. And so just being able to have a Denzel's guy that they move around in so some of those plays is really phenomenal. We were moving Denzel all around the field. We were blitzing him. We were asking him to do a lot running in man coverage so we could do other stuff in our defense. There really um, isn't a player that I feel like I can legitimately complain about on the defense from this game. I mean, like, 
um, Troy Hill popped off the screen on a handful of plays. Like the pass interference they called on him was a you know it was a tough legit, one. but it was a legit one. But like he was right in position. He just needs to get that right next time. I mean, he he made a bunch of pass breakups. I was really impressed with Troy Hill. I've been very happy with him so far. And Malik McDowell continues to just get a ridiculous amount of pressure up the middle. And I think that. Um, his grades haven't been all that great from PFF, but like when you watch the game, like number fifty-eight is consistently in the backfield. He's causing problems for the interior offensive line all the time. Like he's all either driving a single guy back or attracting double teams. And may- maybe he's not been great against the run. I don't know. Maybe he's getting moved. Um, but in pure pass rush downs, like when we take him off the field on third down. I'm like, can we keep him on? Yeah. <laughs> like, can yeah. we just put him at the nose to take a double team and just push guys back and let us get single coverage on the others? He's ridiculously strong. <laughs> like, animal level strong. It's insane. He's ginormous, and it's fun to watch as he continues to get better and use his hands really well. Yeah. It'll just be like, at w- what point will he be – this time next year, what what sort of Malik McDowell will we see? And I'm super optimistic about it. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, he could be, be a he could be a. I mean, he he has the talent. He's to a, to develop into. He could maybe be Chris not Jones. Next year. He could be Chris Jones. Yep. Like he's like a very Chris Jones like player. The way he's built, like how tall he is and like long he is. Yeah, I think that's like he's a, he's that's a, like he's what about you hope. the exact same size as DeForest Buckner. Ooh. If he develops some like speed moves. And I think it's just those like those technical things that he just needs more time, he could more be a t- reps. He could be a top five interior defensive lineman in this. League. I am glad that Malik Jackson's around for him to kind of glean from a little bit, like a guy like that that has been around and like you know has a, a little bit to teach him. I think that's great. The Dublé Maliks gotta love it. <laughs> um, all right, well, we've been for as good about the as our defense was, our offense was not the best. It wasn't the worst either, except for one person, um, but it was not the best. Um, obviously, Baker had a very, very bad game. There's no getting around it. Um, he had a terrible rating. He was missing throws left and right. He was not reading the field well. Um, didn't take a ton of sacks or didn't have an interception, but still had a terrible quarterback rating. Um, the amount of times that he missed wide open people down the field. He couldn't throw the ball down the field. He was overthrowing everyone past 20 yards. Um, Every completion he had was less than 20 yards, and it was infuriating to watch. I'm not going to lie, and I'm sure that he feels just as infuriated as we do. Um, I don't want to His comments after the game, did you hear about his comments after the game? I mean, I do appreciate that he... Like, just owned it and was like, that was terrible. That was a piss-poor performance. Like, he just kind of called it what it was and put it on his shoulders. And we know that Baker Mayfield, like, typically responds well whenever he's got, like, has people counting against him. I hope that we see a better performance. But good gracious. I think this is the worst we've ever seen Baker Mayfield throw the football. I don't know as if I can say this is his worst. Is I don't know that we can say that this is like his worst game because he didn't turn the ball over. And I kind of feel like if you th- some of those games where he had multiple interceptions probably is worse. I, but like, I, 
Because I, to some degree, with how the defense was playing, I do wonder if he ha- and he's clearly thinking extra because maybe his shoulder hurts. Who knows what's going on? But like, I think that there's like a conservative bit of him that's like, just don't mess up. And so he's not like just letting the throws rip right now. He's trying to put it in a spot where he's not going to have any issues. And we won the game. Like I, I, to some degree, I can't fault that line of thinking if that is in fact the way that he's going about it. But it was, it was awful to watch him miss like wide open throws and reads like throughout the entire day. It's, it's really amazing how yeah. differently I can feel about. Baker, like the gut. I don't want to make these knee-jerk reactions left and right, but like, yeah. it was awful. And I have to think there's there there must be an explanation, right? Like, is it uh, is it hit? Is it the shoulder? The shoulder brace? The harness? Like, that's got to mess up your throwing motion a certain bit. You've never thrown with something like that. Like, I know it's the other shoulder, but it's got to affect it in some ways. He's trying to power through something, or is it what everyone believes? is that he's terrified of Odell Beckham Jr. (laughs) (laughs) He just cannot throw him the ball. So it's it's something though. So it's, it's so odd. And we, we just need to take like a a minuscule step back, like through two games. Oh, I was going to do the same thing through two games. Baker (laughs) was maybe the best quarterback in the NFL statistically, like completion percentage through the roof, super efficient had been great. Yeah, he the final two, the his last first two games, games were seventy five percent completion percentage and ninety point five percent completion. Just percentage. ridiculous. The last two games have not been good. They've been bad. What? But, but he was fine before he got hurt in the Bears game. Yes, he was he fine was, before he got and hurt. He was in the good Bears after game. he got hurt in the Bears game. He was overthrow. He overthrew a couple in the Bears game too, or the Texans game is what we're talking about. The Texans game is the when Texans he got hurt. Game. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to make of it. I kind of wish that he would point to the shoulder a little bit more as like a legitimate thing that he's like uncomfortable with because it would make the whole thing make a whole lot more sense. It would, it would. This is also like, we're kind of just have a short memory. I I don't know if this makes me feel better or worse, but this is kind of the Baker that we saw last year. Like he had really bad games last year. Um, Games where his completion percentage was at 50 or below. Uh, against the Raiders, I know that weather was terrible. Uh, 48%. Uh, he had a 53% game. We got trounced by the Steelers. He was at 55% through interceptions. And he was really, really good down the stretch. Like, we've, we've kind of just seen these fluctuations, and I don't know what to ascribe it to. I don't ascribe it to OBJ's presence on the field. Um, I think he's I I think he's a pretty hot and cold he's passer of the football. Like yeah. I think that's kind of just who he is to a certain degree. The thing I'm concerned about long term is just that that's the case and that everything's got to be right. Like to pay an, a quarterback in the NFL, like do you want to pay a guy that you kind of got to have like just the right circumstances for? So- and I don't know if that's because I actually do think that everything kind of set up pretty well in this game. We still won, so like I'm I'm not like crying at this point. But everything went well on offense for the most part, except for execution from the quarterback. Yeah. So I think there's two things probably at play here that to me are the simplest and make the most sense. I think his whether 
the shoulder harness or his left shoulder is hurting him when he's throwing. I don't know. But I, th- I think it's sensitive and it hurts. I don't think he wants to get hit. I also think sometime in that Bears game, he lost confidence in his offensive line. Right? He was, he was taking shots. Yeah, he did get and hit a lot in the Bears game. If you have Blake Hans and whatever left tackle is in there, you've got pressure coming up the gut, right? Our, our offensive line has been good at pass protection. Baker is bailing out of pockets and doesn't feel safe in that pocket. I just think he's rushing. I think he's rushing through his, his reads. His brain is frantic right now. It looks that and he's, way. He's missing everything, and he's, he's just not calm. And he's I think, not comfortable for whatever reason. Like it doesn't make. He's yeah, not comfortable with his protection, and he doesn't want to get hit, so he's speeding up. And I, I would like to say to that he's not comfortable because of the shoulder, but then you see him do that little, little That's why half hitch. That's why I was laughing. You see him do the high step, and then you see him dive for the first down on a third. I down. don't think I've laughed any harder during a Browns game than when that play happened. Well, well we've been we've been <laughs> and then, we've and been then joking. The, the follow up <laughs> questions from mom. Why did he do that? <laughs> Well, mom, how do I explain uh, <laughs> when a better athlete? How do does I explain that? that? When a better uh, athlete does that, it makes the defender think they might be going a different direction. Yeah. But how does one explain bravado? <laughs> uh, would she be asking the same question if Deion Sanders had done it? You know, like uh, it's very, very funny. Yeah. Well, we've been joking all year that Baker is like. I think the words are fancying himself an athlete. Uh. Well, I I love that that's like his natural state. You know, he didn't think about doing that. Like, no, like it just came out. Yeah, (laughs) true. So he is. Um, But I was laughing at that because it didn't. It was actually the dive was nice. It was it was decently athletic. I enjoyed watching it, but I didn't think it was that impressive, except for that he tried it. But I had friends text me and be like, that was awesome what Baker Mayfield did. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right. Yeah, well, maybe. Well, okay. Yeah, I mean, imagine Ryan Tannehill doing that. Yeah, he can't. <laughs> Baker barely can. Although Tannehill's probably a better athlete oh, I would than think Baker. So. I would he think played so. wide receiver in college at Texas A&M. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so there was the, there was the Baker problem, um, which was a terrible game, but um, – we didn't have a problem at running back. Nick Chubb had 100 yards. Kareem Hunt got a lot of carries and was seemingly, in the last two weeks, seemingly more productive at times than Nick Chubb was. And the thing that was so frustrating about watching Baker is that the scheme and everything looked like it was like drawn exactly. up like quite perfectly. I, OBJ I, was open. Yeah, re- re-watching the game, this is my, this is my like big takeaway. Is I mean, if your quarterback sucks, you have, you've got a big problem. The, the big takeaway is the scheme works. And... In a large part, we were being pretty conservative. We threw so many screens in this game, I think because it's what we could do. Like, and what we could use to get yards and convert. And that's a very conservative game plan for a quarterback that's struggling. Um, The scheme is working. OBJ was open so many times. There's other receivers that are wide open that were missing. And when Baker... I don't like that feeling. When Baker flips out of this... And is good again for a four game stretch. <laughs> We're gonna roll some fools. We need it coming up here in this next four yeah. game stretch. We're gonna, we're gonna need good Baker. I mean, we got the Chargers, and then we got the Cardinals, and then who's after that? 
it's the Chargers. Then the then Cardinals. we then we hit like a Denver, a, a, Denver, and then Pittsburgh. Yeah. Then once that Pittsburgh game hits, we get a little lull. Yeah. Denver. We then have we have three Denver, games Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, New England. Then we get Detroit. I mean, that's a, those four games are all pretty winnable. Uh, Denver, Pittsburgh, Cincy, New England, or no, not Pittsburgh, Sorry, Cincy, Pittsburgh, New England, Cincy, New and Detroit. England, yeah. And Detroit. Yeah, so we need I think the next pretty three. winnable too. They've got a solid defense, but Yeah, the Chargers would be tough. Cardinals I mean, would be tough. I mean, these next two games are like legit games. Oh, yeah. The whole AFC West is just good and we're math- we play that whole division. And the Cardinals year. are the cream of the crop. <laughs> apparently, As of right now. Apparently. As of right now, there's no way to argue it. Well, the AFC West and the AFC North are paired up. I know. So it's like, I know. We're all, all of it's, it's kind of like a Rochambeau, like battle for the playoff, like wildcard spots, right? Like, you got to beat some of these teams if you're not going to win your division. Wildcard spots. We're going for the freaking no, number one no. seed, sir. No, not, no, not for us. <laughs> He's talking but I'm saying about big picture. I'm saying, like, big picture for oh. all these teams. Like, if, if you've got a matchup against the AFC, sure. it's like AFC one giant North division. The AFC West, yeah, it's like, you got to beat those guys. Yeah. Yeah, and they have the edge right now for sure. Um, so that that was my like big picture takeaway is that the scheme worked. The defense was not the Vikings' defense wasn't the reason that we were struggling. Uh, they didn't prevent us no, from doing much. A, their D, their D line, watch. their D line is is difficult and does well and is like big athletic dudes, and we had a hard time moving them off. But we still rushed for for a good amount of yards. That wasn't a problem. Um, I mean, shoot, the Vikings are supposed to have a really good defense. Shield Kapadia from the Athletic projected them to be the top defense in the league coming into the year, and like I don't think that's happened. But they've got players, and they're good. And Mike Zimmer's a good D coordinate. Like they're they're not pushovers. Um, and our scheme was working. It was just so evident that the quarterback operating it was not firing on all cylinders shall we say we shall i'm willing to give him a game of grace um how many games will you give him of grace one just one well but but here's the thing playing like to that degree i'm gonna give him one here's the thing we don't there's no option like if if they deem that like his shoulder's bothering him and that's why he's inaccurate the play is sit him down play case keenum right like, if it's a physical thing. If it's not a physical thing that just needs time, you got to just push through. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's nothing else to do. I just, I just hope that it works itself out. I saw some moron on Twitter suggest that we need to sign Cam Newton to, to no. play. Oh <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, there's so many. Like, what makes you think that Cam Newton can just come in here, learn an offense, and crush it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like no, there's so many, so many, so many things that are dumb about that. Well, well, we'll sign Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, bring him in. <laughs> bring him in. It'd be the Might same as day. well. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, well, sign Peyton Manning for that, for that matter. I do think Peyton Manning would be all right. He'd figure it out pretty quick. He'd figure it out pretty quick, and we'd be looking pretty good if we signed Peyton Manning. Until he got hated hit like five times he wouldn't have to get hit you don't think he did you think he just throw his shoulder out no no i think that like oh. our team's good enough that like he, he could would get never by get without hit. getting hit yes okay yeah 
Like he, he would never get injured and we could play the whole season. You, you think Peyton could throw down the field now that he's had like three years of rest? That's a good question. I, like he couldn't that last year in Denver and it was kind of sad. But you think now that he's got like three years off? For a football game, yes. For a season, probably, probably not. not. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um. All right. I... This this Chargers game, we're going to the Chargers game. Yes, we are. I don't know if we've told the fans this, but we are going they to care. the Chargers they game. They care so much. I was thinking <laughs> earlier, last year we went to the Cowboys game, which I think was in week four. So it was like a really similar point in the season was. in which we like went to a Browns game. And I feel really similarly about this game. We're like, I don't know that I'm like expecting the Browns to win, but it feels but like it's winnable. A, but it's winnable and it feels like a big like potential turning point like on how I'm gonna feel about this Browns team going forward. There's a lot of questions I've still got. I think part of that's just the point of the season that it is. Um so I'm very much looking forward to seeing what team comes to play on Sunday. I'm really optimistic about our matchup with with the Chargers, the Chargers are giving up nearly six yards per carry to, to their opponents thus far. It's probably going to be a super boring game. It's going to be a, <laughs> a, a very fast, very boring game. Like, each team's going to get seven possessions. We're going to Lots run, of runs. We're going to run the ball down their throat because their interior D-line is, is not good. Just what the doctor ordered. Weak, you know, like it's like Jerry Tillery, and like they don't have yeah. a lot of beef in the middle. Yeah. Exactly we'll, what the doctor ordered for Baker. We'll run right at Joey Bosa. We'll run away from Joey Bosa. We'll just do anything to not let Joey Bosa beat you. Yeah. I do hope that Chris Hubbard can be healthy. Um, I mean, I'm guessing we're going to see the same thing happen with Jedrick Wills where he's not going to practice throughout the week and then go for the game and be in and out throughout the game. But if we can have Hubbard to be in there, like to spell – wills as needed or even just to maybe give wills a week off to rest up and get healthy i I have to think hubbard's close to ready he didn't go on ir but now he's missed three weeks i know so like this was an injury that they didn't think was gonna definitely be a three-week thing so he's got to be close to ready because that would be having chris hubbard be able to start him at left tackle give jed wills one two weeks off to get his ankle right, I think is the is the best move. Yeah, and something that we would have considered doing in the last two weeks if we had the option. Sure. Or even if we had a guy like Alex Taylor, you know, like some of those some of that tackle depth we had early in the preseason that is now on IR. All right. Um, can I get a score prediction from each of you? This is weird. The Browns' offense is just so weird. We played so great in that week one game against the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs' defense has proven to not be a very good defense so far. But I know we all know what the Browns' offense is capable of. Um, man. I mean, I fully think the Browns are capable of winning this game. Um, it's a matter of like what kind of offensive output there's going to be. I'll go with like a 24 to 21 Browns W. It's very close. I was going to go 23 17. That's really boring. I was going to go 24 17. (laughs) (laughs) 
really close. The Chargers haven't. I mean, they've got like big, scary offensive weapons. They have not scored a bunch. I mean, like 17, 20, 24 points has, has been their first three games, I'm pretty sure. No, I know Austin Eckler's on my fantasy team. I'm very disappointed about that. Yep. Mike Williams is the only one who scores touchdowns for him. Yep. It's except very disappointing. For, except for tonight. The tight ends. Um, all right. That is going to wrap it up. Um, thank you so much for listening, everybody. And we're hoping to move on, moving the needle from 3-1 and one to 4-1 and one next week. We'll be in there. Um, in SoFi Stadium, cheering on our brownies. Um, if you're going to be there, definitely hit us up uh, on Twitter. Um, we'd love to meet up with you. Grab a beer. Afterwards, we'll be around the L.A. area. Um, so reach out to us. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. And go Browns. Go Browns. Mm-hmm.